Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Actually, I'm sitting in a boardroom at uh, CCMH in Cambridge. Yep, not in Toronto at all. Hey everyone, it's Amanda, and we are at CCMH, Canadian College of Massage and Hydrotherapy, Cambridge location. And we drove out here this morning to talk to Fatima, who has many roles here but I'll let her talk to you about that. She's been at RMT since 2004, and uh, she's been following Con Ed for a little while, taking a course or two. I feel like uh, we've been following you, Maria. And we've been following you. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Mark noticed because of the stuff you post on social media that you had kind of an interesting story. You've done some cool stuff. So we like to talk to... Fitness competitor. Yeah. Massage therapist. Sitting across from her is pretty intimidating right now. I'm like, fuck, I gotta go to the gym. Look at this girl. She's like, I'm gonna squat you. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But she's... uh, Yeah, anyway, we like to talk to therapists who are doing interesting things, who've done interesting things. And uh, Mark suggested you. I had a look at your Instagram. I'm like, yep, let's cool. Let's call her. Awesome. So thanks for having us here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So it's before great. we start, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, um, sort of what you've done in massage therapy, what you're doing okay. now, and what your roles are here at the college. Okay. So I have been a massage therapist since 2004, like you said. I've essentially always run my own practice. Um, I started working um, out of a spa in Cambridge. Um, and then when that spa closed, I continued to just stay working in that same building and just kept my own treatment room. Um, So I have a variety of patients um, that range from probably about 5 to 85. Where'd you go to school? I went to school here at CCMH, but at the Kitchener location. Mm -hmm. It was downtown Kitchener. Um, We're on Duke Street. So that was an interesting location. Very shady. We know nothing about Kitchener. So (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty shady. Like I had my car radio stolen, like my stereo was stolen and they used my book bag with my textbooks and notes to steal my stereo with. That fucking sucks. Yeah, it was brutal. I've had my car broken into several times. This is when I used to drive a Honda Civic, which people break into those all the time. Absolutely. I remember being at York University and I had like nothing in my car, nothing at all. And like they stole a tire pressure gauge. Yeah. Like uh, like you broke into my car, you Mm -hmm. messed it up and all you walked away with a tire pressure gauge. Good for you, right? Yeah. Uh My Civic was broken into as well. It's just, I think that if you own a Civic, it gets broken into. They're easy to break into. Yeah. yeah. I've also had like, I was parked in a really shitty place downtown Toronto and I came out and my car was on paint cans. Like they stole no. stock tires. It was just fucking ridiculous. That's Why have brutal. I never heard this before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is brutal. Wow. Brutal. So brutal. So the Kitchener campus, this yeah. is now what the Kitchener, is there still, is there it's a campus? Ca- considered Cambridge. Okay. It's called the Cambridge campus. So, but it's, it was, at, it was the Kitchener. So location. are you working with any of the instructors that you had when you were student? Yeah, actually. Is that a weird thing? It's kind of cool, actually. Um, I don't know if you guys know Dr. Dave Morgan, but he's one of the science teachers here. Yeah. He taught me when I went to school, which is kind of cool. And then when I when I first came to work here, um, Sean Baker was also my clinic supervisor. Um, he doesn't work here anymore. Um, but yeah, he also taught me, which was kind of cool. It's kind of weird though. Eh? <laughs> was it weird for you working with Phil? Phil taught you and then you guys worked together. Then Phil taught me. Shout out to Phil, it's by the little, way. It feels a little different because I was, I went to CCMH in Toronto and okay. one of the instructors, his name is Phil. He's a really nice guy, but we got really friendly when we were in massage school. Like Phil probably hung out with me more than he should as an instructor. <laughs> probably, yeah, that's right? okay. So like uh, his student clinic would be over and Phil and I would be at the bar. Nice. Right. And, uh, Hey Phil, I'm going out this weekend. Uh, I'm going to pick you up. Want to, want to go? And he's, he's hanging out with him. So it's a little different. So then when I started yeah. working in formal education, and he wasn't teaching at that time. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, we're looking for teachers. Come on over. Yeah. So it was a little, I think it was a little different. Yeah, maybe. But then, yeah, then I started school and Phil taught me. And I mean, we went to his wedding. Yeah, well, that's nice kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think back then it was a little different. Like policies and stuff weren't probably followed as much as we do now. I think yeah. I'd be terrified to go be caught at the moose with one of the students right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It'd probably be a for, big no It'd be now. a big thing. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. But so that's cool. Back to like the roles that I do here at the campus. Um, so I've just started. Um, one of the instructors left on mat leave. So I took over her 
sort of lead role for therapeutic exercise class. So mm. I teach that Friday mornings, which I just finished this morning nice. doing. I also TA wherever I'm needed. So I'll help out in any class. This term I'm TAing in clinical assessments. Cool. So nice. I do that on Wednesday afternoons um, with my lovely friend Robin. And I also run uh, I'm part of the amid team and I am in student services. So it's kind of like mentoring a lot of students or I tutor a lot of them. That's your campus mommy role. Yeah. I'm yeah. the campus mommy for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. The students have issues. They come see me. That's kind of cool. Like, wait, 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 like student issues or like personal issues or anything. Could be anything. If they need to come vent, mm. they come talk to me. Yeah. I'm kind of like the liaison between the students and the, the staff as well. Like if they have an issue with a staff member and they're not comfortable with addressing them, they come talk to me and then mm. I'll kind of. Well, I wasn't eavesdropping. I couldn't hear you guys in the room, but yeah. as the student was walking out of your office I heard her say thank you nobody understands me and yeah. like how cute yeah that's so nice that yeah. you can help people yeah um Mark mentioned that you've done like fitness competitions yep. and stuff so now yeah, you're teaching therapeutic exercise yeah yeah um which is a lot of fun how, how do you what's your background in fitness let's start there okay so other than being a truck which just <laughs> I feel like you house. can't call a woman a truck <laughs> so, I get brick shit house a lot and I'm like hmm yeah, how a, do I yeah good is thing. that is this a brick shit how sexy i don't <laughs> i don't know it's a compliment, it's a compliment. <laughs> um so how did i get started yeah like what's your background oh, in okay fitness? okay so i've always kind of trained like i've always when i was going to massage therapy school was also working in a muffler factory so at Walker Exhaust in Cambridge. I don't know if anybody knows that, but that's where I worked for a long time. Um, I went to school eight to two and then I worked in that factory three to 11. So a lot of the times, like my exercise routine was just for me to have a break from life. Like mm. I just wanted to train. Good for you, man. Because yeah. I had that schedule when I was in massage school, like go, 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 go. Yeah. And I did the opposite. Instead of training, it was like my excuse not to go to the yeah. gym because I was so fucking drained yeah, after all of that. Absolutely. So good absolutely. for you. Yeah. Either like, super early mornings just to kind of sweat a little and get that endorphin rush like mm -hmm. even still like I work 12 hour days and I'm up at 5 and I'm at the gym by 5 30 and it's Dear just Lord. to get that like just to get that <laughs> sweat on just to you know make me feel like it is something for me right mm -hmm. so even before that back in high school I took gym as one of my courses one of my electives and my I will always remember that we had to select a goal, what was going to be our goal. And my goal was to be able to do a pull-up by the end of the course. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember the instructor bringing it up saying, like, everyone had silly everyone had silly things. Like, they wanted to be able to squat 400 pounds and they wanted <laughs> to do, like, bench press, like, a ridiculous amount. And he said, this was the only legit goal that I've seen on all these paperwork was to do one, one pull-up. Pull mm -hmm. And that was mine. And, I, and that kind of was always like inspirational to me to be able to just like continue through that process and always do better. So loving the human body and wanting to look like an anatomy chart mm. was kind of like my drive for the whole type of thing. I, I, I never knew where to kind of get started. So I always, um, like Nicole Wilkins, she's always on a cover of all the fitness magazines. I don't know if you guys know her, but um, she she was always inspirational to me. So she did a lot of figure competitions and things mm -hmm. like that. Like she's Miss Olympia and all sorts of craziness. Mm -hmm. Being able to be on that stage, I was always a very shy person. Um, so I thought I'd never be able to do it. So then I had, you know, when I graduated massage school, I actually graduated pregnant. Um, so I kind of put that bodybuilding a little bit on the side mm -hmm. and didn't train. And then the kids were about three and people were like, oh, you look great. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm actually doing nothing. Like, <laughs> so imagine, and then this is where my train of thought went. Like, imagine if I'm actually doing something. Right. Yeah. How great would I look? Again, I love your mindset so yeah. much. There's so many things you're saying. And I'm like, this is so exciting. I mean, the fact that one, you set realistic goals. Nothing seems impossible if it's like something like I'm going to do one pull up something attainable or yeah. like you said you see this girl on the cover of the fitness magazine like okay I want to hit the stage I don't really know how but mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep training and get there yeah. and then I know for me after having my first daughter the I think she was five weeks old and I was a maid of honor in a wedding and everybody at the wedding was coming up to me like how did you just have a baby you look so great yeah. and instead of me thinking imagine what I could look like if I was working out I was yeah. like well I guess I don't have to do anything I'm good <laughs> 
<laughs> so I love this. I love this. It's it's the difference of people's brains who are like highly motivated yeah. and others who are like, yeah, I just coast here. I'm not trying to like be offensive to anyone. I'm lumping myself with the coasters. But yeah. <laughs> like, I love this mindset you have yeah. of like, yeah, okay, now what can I do? Yeah. Wait, wait, sure. along with the mindset, are you, do you also have like an obsessive personality? Absolutely. You must, you have to. There's no way you can, you, you can do those types of yeah, fitness right. competitions I, and shows. I annoy not... people because I'm so obsessed. Like, yeah. yeah, I get very, it's like obsessive or addictive kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Like if my routine is this, that's my routine. And, and if someone throws a wrench into my routine, I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Like, it's just very structured, I guess I would say. Like, There's pros and cons to everything, but I think a big pro to that is, like, for example, you were really easy to work with. We deal with a lot of people all the time trying to set up appointments to do these recordings. It was very straightforward. <laughs> hey, what's your schedule? Tell Here's my time. Perfect. That one works. What's your address? We'll see you there. Like, yeah. it was so... That's it. We're yeah. good. And I like that because yeah. I'm I'm pretty structured and I schedule everything. Mm-hmm. If I book something, it's in my calendar. Maybe there's a theme with fitness people because every fitness person we've had on, it's very easy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Just regimented. Regimented. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I think it's it's something that about the way your your mind works, yes. right? There's very specific routines and things that have to get done. Although actually, now I'm taking it back. My best friend, who is she's a, a fitness person, she's a, she's a bit of a hot mess. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Her I don't, body looks great. Yeah. I don't she's put super her in the fit. same category yeah. as this one and like <laughs> Olivia and like these people have done shows. You yeah, no, she hasn't done shows, but I mean, yeah, maybe that's why. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off, but I'm just honestly, I love this this mindset that you have it's really cool thank you i appreciate that so how did you get started what were you doing before massage what was i doing i okay so besides making babies making babies (laughs) so i um did we by the way not even mention that there was two of them at once there's two of them at once yeah i I always joke and say that i carried one in the front and one in the back because i'm was so big everywhere um, and no one actually believed me that I had was having twins and I felt like I was as huge as a house yeah. and people would say you're not having two and then I'm like well you don't really know me from how small I was like yeah, yeah I think yeah. I was 90 pounds soaking wet when, mm. when I was pregnant at three months pregnant I weighed 100 pounds and didn't even look pregnant mm-hmm. so so by the then end I grew pretty yeah. big I was like 159 <laughs> And that would be huge for you. It was huge. It was huge. It was uncomfortable. I couldn't even lay down for my ultrasound because I couldn't even breathe. Like, it was was crazy. It was crazy. And then there was me with only one baby in there and people saying to me, whoa, are you having twins? Like, I cracked 200 when I was pregnant. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. I should have taken a picture of the scale. Look what I did. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. So before, okay, so how did I get in? Yeah, like, what were you doing before massage? Before you decided I want to be a massage therapist? Well, I actually, like, right out of high school, I thought I wanted to be an RMT. Cool. I applied to go to Sir Sanford Fleming in Peterborough, Mm -hmm. got accepted, but then got cold feet. And decided not to go. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Why Peterborough? Yeah. You're, I feel are you like from here? I'm from here. I grew up in Cambridge. And you were living here? And then you're yeah. like, hmm, I just want, you just wanted to go away? I just wanted to go away. Gotcha. Yeah. Just wanted that experience to be but away. But Peterborough, so random. Like it was I would random. Think, I don't yeah, know why. Small town. Like, is there anything? I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive to people know. in Peterborough. Is there anything Water? that attracts I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a lake. I don't know. A few lakes. Okay. Whatever. So no reason. Just I'm going to go yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Just like, I guess I applied to a few places and that would have been the first one that I got back. Um, and then I thought, mm, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so then <laughs> I researched Peter Rowe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> actually true. nothing there. So, um, my dad actually got me working with him in the factory mm-hmm. and, uh, kind of essentially just started as, okay, this is just going to be a summer job. But then, you know, being a kid, you're like 18, 19 and you're making, you're making $22 money, yeah. an hour back you then. You think you're rich. You, yeah. yeah. You're loaded. Right. So I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Like, this is great. But then, yeah, slowly that started to like not be so cool and kind of got tired of it real quick because those people work hard. Yeah. It's yeah, hard for sure. work. And you, you know, get up in the morning at 5 a.m., strap your boots on and you go to work and yep. it's hard. So my hat's off to them. But I knew deep down I wasn't happy and I didn't want to stay doing that. Mm-hmm. So then that, I started researching, okay, what's closest that I can go to and still be an RMT. Like, again, my passion for the human body was always that drive. And deep down, I think every massage therapist, at least the good ones, like to help people. And that's the big thing for me. Like, I love clients leaving my office and saying, oh my God, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You helped me do with this. And 
it's such a great feeling. Like yeah. deep down, everyone's so kind who's an RMT. You have that kind soul and you just want to help people. So mm -hmm. ultimately, I still had that passion that I wanted to pursue and I found CCMH in Kitchener and that's what I did. Nice. And then while you were in school, got pregnant with twins. Yes. So that was kind of funny too, because again, <laughs> who's trying to get pregnant while they're in school? No one. So <laughs> oopsie. And sorry if my boys are listening to this, but <laughs> um, yeah. So that was kind of, it was the last term, you know, morning sickness, but I, I'm not pregnant. It's not morning sickness. Like it's because of exams. I'm so nervous around my exams. I'm just constantly throwing up. So you didn't even know. Didn't know. My period was never regular because I was always so tiny. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I never had a regular period. So I did not ever expect that I was pregnant until, okay, I'm going to go put on my clinic pants. And what is this? Like, why do I have this pooch here now all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> how many weeks were you before you found out? My, As my doctor put it, I was very pregnant. So I was like over 12 weeks pregnant. Yeah. You went through the whole first trimester yeah. without knowing you were pregnant. It yeah. with twins yeah oh my god yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i like after having two pregnancies myself i can't imagine because my first trimesters i like i wanted to die <laughs> they were awful i yeah. can't even imagine but i guess like you said you just chalked it up to stress and the stress and, and I'm being an athlete busy yeah i being never athlete, had the opportunity to up. listen to my body really yeah. like that is intense because i was always on the go so wait a minute in those in the in that first trimester when you didn't know were there any questionable life choices that you were making oh hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> every day of my life <laughs> sorry again boys if you're listening <laughs> yeah, okay, smart. they're smart boys they're good they're good yeah. brains all work <laughs> All their fingers and toes. Yeah, yeah they're all good. Yep. No th third eyeballs or anything. We're good. Wow. So graduated pregnant. Yep. And then did you start work right away or did you have to put things on hold? Well, it was funny because I was joking with my class this morning because I was teaching them some psoas stretches. And I told them like the only thing that I remember from my OSCEs and I don't even actually, I laugh all the time because I was like, did I even do OSCEs? Because I don't remember. <laughs> um, but I had psoas stretch in my therapeutic exercise station and I was super pregnant super pregnant. Like I did my OSCEs at the end of August or early September. Mm -hmm. I had my boys on the 22nd of September. Oh my God. Yeah. So you were enormous. I was a house, like huge. <laughs> do, they, my do they do any special accommodations for you? No. Being, no? No, hmm. no. Interesting. So, and I didn't ask for them either. I just yeah, went. Okay. So yeah, I did my OSCEs. I put my registration in. I, my certificate says February, 2005. My mom was a saint. She would take the boys and I started my practice slowly. Hmm. Half an hour here and there. I'd yeah, go yeah, in, yeah. see clients and just, yeah. Sorry, we got off track. I want to know how you did the psoas, psoas stretch. That pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. So yeah, I just did, yeah, like hanging off the table, hmm. holding one leg. I think but, I would have got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't easy, <laughs> but I passed. So yeah. Right on. <laughs> so yeah, it was fine. I think I spoke about this on another previous episode where I had a student when I used to teach. She was in labor. She came in, didn't OP. She did an OP. And then she went to the hospital that night and that's her kid. That's amazing. Yeah, it's insane. I was I like, it. that's that's fucking commitment. That is, yep, that is commitment. <laughs> that is amazing. I love it. So what made you uh, get into this teaching role? How does that come out? So it goes along with my whole, like I've been doing it for so long, mm -hmm. 17 years or whatever that is now with go my schooling and stuff. And I felt like it was just my, my time to pay it forward to mm. the students, right? Like I felt like as a student... I always wanted the opportunity to come back and help others. And mm -hmm. back when I was a student, often my frustration was being that I'm so little, I wanted to know techniques or things that I could apply in my own practice. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I never truly got that feedback that I wanted. So I felt like I wanted to be the person to give that to a tinier student or mm -hmm. a smaller student. Because a lot of the times I do hear from these students is, I'm so small, how am I supposed to do that? Mm -hmm. Well, if I can do it, you can. And I'll show you. Yeah. This is how I do things, right? So I think that was my biggest thing. I had an instructor that I would ask her questions and she would just say, oh, you just do it like everyone else and wasn't helpful. Yeah, yeah, so I was like, why helpful. are you here if yep. you don't want to help people? Mm -hmm. And she's not here, but <laughs> she's no longer here. And I don't know how long she actually stayed here. But well, I'm not a small person by any means. I'm 5'8". Like, I'm, I'm not tiny, but I have small hands, very teeny tiny little hands. And that was something when I was in school, certain, you know, joint mobilization techniques. And I would mm -hmm. say to the instructor, like, I will never get my hand around, like, a bigger person's bicep. Right. Teach me, you know, teach me how to do this properly and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would have to get, you know, I still sometimes ask Mark, like, give me an idea that how I can do this with these small hands. Yes, <laughs> for sure. 
Yeah. That's how a lot of us get into teaching too. When I was in when yeah. I was at CCMH in Toronto, I was like I had a teacher I just wasn't a fan of and I'm mm-hmm. like, I can fucking do a better job than yeah. you with this. You're fucking really unhelpful right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's it's pretty so much how true. it came out. Yeah. I know, I know. Yeah, it's so true. Do you love teaching? I do. Yeah. I love it. I get a big kick out of it. I just love it. Being able to offer other things to certain students is huge. Again, it goes back to that whole wanting to help people Mm -hmm. as an RMT and just in life in general. What do you think you get greater joy out of, practicing or teaching? Oh, tough question. I don't know. Maybe a Mm toss-up? I think a toss-up right now. I think like eventually I won't be always be able to to treat, Mm -hmm. right? So I think the other will have to, the teaching will have to give me that gratitude if I won't always be able to treat. But right Mm -hmm. now it's a toss-up. Like, I still practice every day. I was just going to ask you what the split is with your time. Like, do you practice more than you teach or is it kind of even? Um, It's kind of even. I probably teach more than I practice. I think right now I'm putting about 20 hours a week into practice Mm -hmm. and I'm here at the school for about 30-ish hours a week. You work a lot. I do work a lot. You live and breathe this stuff. eh? I do. (laughs) I work a lot. I do work a lot. And still find time to be a mom. And And still stay ripped. Still stay (laughs) ripped. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of stopped talking about fitness. I'm sorry. We go all over the place when we're recording with somebody because, well, I know for me, I get so excited. I hear something. I'm like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Uh, But we did start with fitness. Mm -hmm. So you said it was when the boys were about three. Yeah. So the boys were about three. So... Um, I would have been 26 and I set again me with my goals I wanted to be in the best shape of my life for when I was 30 that was my goal so I gave myself four years to be an anatomy chart so I did that and it was great how did you do that did you get help or were you did you feel equipped okay yeah just myself um again my obsession or addiction were fitness magazines Mm. so I used a lot of those, uh, either the girls in there to motivate me, the workouts in there were motivating. I always had a schedule, like before I even walked into the gym, I knew exactly what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So again, if someone was in my way, you know, you're throwing a wrench in my plan. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> um, but yeah, always just very routine. I completely changed my diet around. It's, ha- it's hard and I'm sure a lot of moms will agree with me when you're feeding a toddler and you're reaching into the cheesy cracker bin with the kids and if they're not finishing their plate, you finish it for them. And I had and fruit those- loops for dinner. <laughs> there you go. That's <laughs> how I eat my meals. Whatever they don't finish. <laughs> Mom, I don't want this. Okay, yeah, I'll eat it. Yeah. So I think- Sometimes it's straight from their mouth. Actually. <laughs> That's only you. I don't eat the food out of our kids' mouths. (laughs) So I think, yeah, just being more aware of the things I were putting into my body and what I was doing with my body was going to get me to that goal. Right. Okay. So yeah, that was... And 30th birthday? 30th birthday. What did I do? Dirty 30. We went to Toronto. We went to Toronto. It was a great time. Were you you in the best shape of your life? Oh, I was jacked. Yeah, I was jacked. I had a six pack. People were like, how do you have a six pack if you have kids? And I'm like, I don't know. It's my thing. Like, it's my thing. When people ask that question, like, you know, to answer it gently, because I, I do have a lot of clients who they use their kids as the reason they're not in mm-hmm. shape. And I mean, it is the reason, but it's also just because that's not your priority. Like, I know I could have my six pack again mm-hmm. if I trained the way you did. If yeah. I, you know, if I put the effort into yeah. it, I don't like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So that's out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm at a point in my life where fitness my priorities in fitness are to be healthy, to feel yeah. good, to be able to interact with my kids. The six pack isn't a priority. Yes. The minute I decide that it is a priority, okay, then I have to make a plan as you did and stay on the routine and do it. So when I have people say to me like, oh, well, you know, she can look like that because she doesn't have kids or she is a nanny. No, it's not that. It's that it's not your priority. And, you know, you have to say that gently to people that you can make as many excuses as you want. But if you want to be ripped, you have to try a little harder. in the effort. Yeah. And my willpower is stupid. Like it's it's either everyone's birthday or there's always cake somewhere and I can walk past it. And and they often tease me because they'll say, I'll... And I'm the instigator too. I'll bring donuts or I'll bring whatever. And then not eat them. And I don't eat them. (laughs) And I'm a baker too. I love to bake, but I don't eat my own things. But yeah, that's the main thing. Yeah. How do you know if your stuff tastes good? (laughs) (laughs) She gets feedback. Yeah. She's got teenage boys. You can be sure they don't mind taste testing her food. Yeah, they don't. And they're honest too. Like they they watch the Food Network and they're like, Mom, you know. This isn't your best work. <laughs> you could have done this a little better, and you maybe should have added this. I'm like, okay, fair, fair. That's cool. <laughs> Shut up and eat. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Make it yourself next time. Give me your plate. But do yeah. you um, now that they're older? Do they sort of eat what you eat? You eat what they eat, or do you still kind of have to prepare separate meals? I always do separate meals. Like yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, because they don't want protein when pancakes. I, yeah, they don't. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they want real pancakes. Um, but uh, when I was when I was competing. They're like, Mom, if we have chicken and rice one more time. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fair. We're not going to do this anymore. You guys do your thing and I'll do mine. But yeah, I always like, we should do the same sort of protein, but our sides are a little different. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So you're not totally preparing two completely different no, meals. No, 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 no. My kids actually are super plain. Their favorite dinner is chicken, rice, and salad. Perfect. Yeah. So my I mean, my kind of dinner. <laughs> I have zero excuses not to eat healthy because yeah. that's what my kids like, yeah. actually. Amazing. That's awesome. But I bet I could get them to eat protein pancakes. Probably. They would be the one complaining. Anything, <laughs> Probably could. Don't yeah, they're good. All right. So your first show was when? My first show was 26, like 2015. Okay. And again, my boys tease me about this one. And it starts to upset me a little bit because I'm like, guys, come on, you should be promoting like the better stuff. Mm-hmm. But in 2015, I went to London and actually approached um there's a lady that would go to Romeo's is where I work in Cambridge uh to get her hair done and her name is Danielle Rubin and she used to be a fitness coach I think she does like uh some sort of other fitness life training or something right now but so I approached her about coaching me and I was pretty lean at the time I was super super lean like extremely lean Mm -hmm. and um oh that's another thing that I had I had my teeth done so what happened was I um had a surgery to have my palate broken and I had an expander put in my mouth to have my teeth straightened. So I was on this like liquid diet for three weeks. Mm. So of course that liquid diet helped me shred my last 10 pounds that no one can ever lose. Right. Which is crazy. Um, so I was like, oh yeah, now this is it. And I was, I was 30 then Mm. because I had my braces put on when I was 30. I remember that. So anyways, approached her, sent her these check-in picks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, okay, you know what? Let's compete in November. Let's do this now. And I was like, what? No, wow. I'm not ready. Like again, me with my shyness, I can't get on stage. Like, cause you're essentially half naked. You're in a bathing suit and mm-hmm. these yeah. huge stripper heels. And you're like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I didn't know how to pose. I didn't know anything. And she was like, no, you know what? We're going to do this. You're going to do this show. You'll qualify to do provincials. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, cool. Fine. Let's do it. So I sucked it up and I did it. We went to London. There was only one girl in my category and that was me. <laughs> so I automatically won yeah. because there was no one else. And I always say this to my and my kids like to tell people, no one else was there. So she <laughs> won. And I'm like, dude, it's like, you should focus on the fact that I looked jacked <laughs> yeah. and that I put the effort in to get there. But it's fine. They kind of tease me about that. <laughs> you won by default. Man. I won by default. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, talk about my other two trophies. Don't forget <laughs> <Yeah>. about this. <laughs> Just, yeah. So anyways, then I qualified to go out to Toronto. So I competed in Toronto and that would have been, I think, June of 2016. Um, and I think there were nine girls or 10 girls there and I came in first. Right on. So, so I won the provincial Take category. that, boys. Yeah, boys, <laughs> talk about that. So I won that, um, which qualified me to go to nationals. What level, sorry, are you competing at here? Um, what category? Yeah, what category? Oh, so figure. 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 Okay, thank you. Won that and then qualified to go to nationals. Nationals was the following August. So my last competition was, it was 2014, 2015. Nationals was 2016. So I went, flew out west to Westminster, British Columbia, mm-hmm. spent a week there. And that's, again, how obsessed I am because the plane ride, I didn't want to retain water. Um, so I didn't want to leave too late for the show um, to get all this water retention because the whole point is to be depleted. Right. right. So I hung out in BC for a week by myself, which was chill. Nice. I was so obsessed that I packed all my food. I didn't buy a stitch of food in Vancouver yeah. or British Columbia. You brought all your food all with my food you on I brought the flight. On the plane. All my meals were ziplocked in a bag with... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, number one, number two, number three, number four, everything was frozen. And actually on my twin sister and my older sister flew out to meet me on the In case Friday. you didn't hear that, she's a twin who had <laughs> twins. I was waiting for that to come in. Carry on. So they flew out to meet me on the on the Friday. My show was Saturday. And I forgot my last day's worth of food in the freezer. No. So I was like, oh my God, either you have to go to my house and get these meals or you have to prep these meals and bring them to me. And she's like, dude, there's like grocery stores there. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I don't have my scale. I don't have this and that. You have to. 
So she did. She actually, I sent her my meal plan and she made the meals and brought them to me, which was fantastic. That's wow. Nice. Yeah, so it was really cool. And then we had a feast of sushi when we were done. Nice. I hope everybody listening, it like really, really took that in. That is the level of dedication it takes to compete. It's not like, like when you see this final product, uh, product, they're people, but these competitors on yep. stage and you think like, holy shit, like I would love to look like that. And if you think you can go to the gym three days a week and look like that <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty intense it's intense but yeah and then i finished second in that show wow really? good for you yeah which is pretty cool that is some and then i think there were 16 girls there okay so that one was pretty cool i'm feeling like i need to work out <laughs> <laughs> so you do some laps around the school yeah i might hurt myself <laughs> <laughs> okay so this whole time that you're doing this mm-hmm. like this was you know, well into your practice. Yep. How were you balancing your training, your meal plan, like all of this stuff, figured practice, cause I, I'm, yep. not figure, posing, posing practice. practice. I know that's a yep. thing. How were you balancing all this with your patients? Like, were you just a monster that was doing 60 plus hours a week? And on top of that, I imagine you're moody as fuck. I was moody as fuck. And the boys would always say, oh, mom hasn't had carbs today. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty nasty. I get it. Yeah, near the end, I was like, if if you sniffled the wrong way, uh, it's pretty nasty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you have to sniffle like that? Um, but no, uh, back then I didn't teach, so it was fantastic. Like my schedule was religiously. I started at eleven a.m., so I was at the gym mm. from whatever. If I dropped off my boys at school or dropped them off at the bus, then I was at the gym from eight to ten. Shower, go to work. Okay. 11 to 7. Nice. So I didn't ever start work without training first. Always top priority. <laughs> priorities, priorities, yep. priorities. Yep. And then I packed my food. The worst was peak week when you have to drink so much water. Sometimes I can't make it through a massage and I have to excuse myself. That was the worst. Yeah. But I mean. I guess your patients though, if they, by this point, they probably knew you well oh, enough yeah. that they were like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. And a couple like to pick on the things that I ate, and which was fine. I'm like, I'm what was a typical you. lunch for you? Um, typical lunch would have been like chicken and rice or chicken and broccoli or chicken and asparagus. And chicken and chicken. Chicken, chicken and chicken. More chicken, more chicken. <laughs> yeah. And we're not talking KFC. This is... One of my favorite meals was like egg whites and oatmeal. And I would warm that up in the microwave. And then I would take an over easy egg and put it over top of my oatmeal. And then just, you know, that yolk porn. And just like, that was like the most favorite thing of my life to eat. And I would smothered in sriracha and I'm, not, I'm, like, I'm like, looking at you like yeah <laughs> no yeah. saying that out loud really it's like okay I'm, I'm sure weird. at the time considering you were eating you know chicken on chicken that that seemed I mean, like a treat absolutely but that's an oatmeal and egg yeah. It's, yeah it's nothing to be excited about but I was like look forward to that good times although I feel like you'd be okay with that last night I, I was serious that like we ate cereal for dinner I didn't actually eat Fruit Loops I think he did but <laughs> when so we got home so late from work and it was like oh I don't feel like cooking and I hadn't prepped anything and he opens the fridge to see if we have any leftovers the only thing was some steamed rice that the girls had eaten before and he was like do we have tuna I said yeah we have tuna he's like I'm just gonna throw some tuna on top of that rice and put some like frozen vegetables in I'm like I'm gonna throw up like (laughs) what I'm not eating that you go ahead but no thanks it's perfect you could could compete because I feel like you would eat like that no problem like this when I used to when I used to do like when I used to be fit and healthy and I was a personal Mm -hmm. trainer so like I understand you know everything tastes like crap but at the end of the day it's just calories in and you just try to make the best of it and since you already eat like that like how are you described your eggs and your oatmeal like that's awesome compared to some of the other crap plain bland stuff that I would eat so yeah yeah, I get it like I used to know a dude who would who would blend diet coke and tuna like really that's the the grossest thing I've ever heard how do you blend this like it's carbonated he's like I let it out and open it and so it's flat by the time I blend it. <laughs> like, this is the weirdest. It's anyway, yeah. hilarious. It's, I don't know, man. Yeah. Strange shit. Gross. Anyway. <laughs> you said at the beginning that you have patients ranging from like 5 to 85. Yeah. Would you say that you have a niche? Like what type of therapist are you? What type of people do you typically attract? Or are you really all over the map? I'm kind of honestly all over the map. I feel like most of my male clients are husbands of my female clients. Mm-hmm. And then I see their kids. I have a lot of like family so you're like me yeah like very yeah. family oriented practice Fam- yeah okay so i'm kind of like everywhere so even though you're like 
little athlete, you're not really into treating a lot of athletes or it's just maybe there's not a lot around here? Yeah, it's just that kind of the nature of where I started. So mm. that kind of like I do have certain athletes that know me personally and they mm-hmm. come, but mostly it's like I love my little old ladies mm. and I love kids and yeah, it just goes from I there. I get it. Yeah. I love the little old ladies too. Yeah, they're so sweet. <laughs> and it's fun because, you know, like I said, I've been doing it for so long and a lot of them have seen me grow up. And I've yeah. seen them grow old, which is kind of cool. And I have one lady in particular that comes to see me every two weeks. And, you know, she loves to say to me, like, I've watched you grow into such a nice young woman. And you, Aww. and it's so sweet. And then I was like, wait, wasn't I, was I an asshole before? And now <laughs> I'm a nice, sweet woman? Like, I don't know. That's her way of saying so. Taken, Maybe think. she like, knew you when you were hungry. I guess, right? <laughs> oh, she's been through all of that, you know. Hungers, divorce, everything. She's been mm. with me. So it's pretty cool. She's a cool lady. Mm. So I've seen on Instagram, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I've seen you with your eye all patched up. Yep. What's that all about? So stemming back again, I'll give you a long, short, but long story. I guess. Yeah. So I have this genetic disease and it's called von Hippel-Lindau disease. And what happens is you grow tumors in different parts of your body. Mm. So when I was pregnant with the boys, um, and I, I don't know if you guys remember from school, but doing dominant eye, mm-hmm. I think it was one of our clinical assessment classes. I remember doing dominant eye and I could see, I remember that plain as day. Um, but then the one day I was in the shower and I'm trying to shave my underarm and I couldn't see it. And I was like, what mm. the hell is going on? So for Did some that reason, like freak you the fuck out? Like, well, I think I would have at first. No. Cause I was like, okay, that's weird. Maybe it's a thing. And maybe no one can see their armpit. Like what's going on. It was like these weird thoughts because I always have these thoughts like this isn't happening to me type of thing. Yeah. Like always trying to like just motivated like I have to keep going like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to keep you don't have time for this shit like just keep going so uh, I think I was on the phone with my mom and uh, I was like mom when you shave your underarm can you can you see it she's like what are you talking about like of course I can see it please say that's how she talks yeah that's how she sounds (laughs) (laughs) so then she's like she being my mom she was going to the eye doctor that day she was leaving for Portugal I remember it Um, so she told our eye doctor that I couldn't see my underarm Right away, the eye doctor called me. She's like, you need to get in here. Mm. Okay, fine. I go in there, and you know, like, just the big-ass E, Mm -hmm. I couldn't see. Cover cover your eye, I can't see. Anyways, go out, all these tests done, blah, blah, blah. End up being sent to a specialist in London, Dr. Shido, who's amazing. He's also eye candy. Sorry. His wife hears this. (laughs) But anyways. (laughs) She knows. (laughs) I'm sure she knows. Or his daughters. Oh, my God. No, it's (laughs) embarrassing. Anyways, he's the one that diagnosed me. Von Hippolindau. Cool. So what happened was I had all these tumors in my eye Mm. and I lost central vision. So over all these years, so over 15 years, I've had like my first show, I actually had a cataract over my eye. So what happened was I was getting all these tumors and I was getting them lasered so they would stop growing, blah, blah, blah. So then I had a retinal detachment. So the retinal detachment happened. I had retinal detachment surgery. Mm. Had that happen. Two weeks later, it was starting to come apart again. So I had to go back, have another surgery. Okay, cool. Cataract grows because as soon as you start messing with your retina, cataract will grow. Mm -hmm. Cool. That happened. So it got so bad that I looked like I was like one of these chicks from scary movies. You know, they can't really see and they have these cataracts over their eyes. Mm. So I was like, finally, please, like, can you take this off? Because it wasn't affecting my vision because I already didn't have it. So he didn't want to put my eye through more trauma than he had to. So I was like, aesthetically, I don't want this on my face anymore. I was young and I was like, take this off. So um, we did that. After that happened, more laser, keep these tumors down, I developed glaucoma. So once I had the glaucoma, it was kind of like, now I had to go see another specialist for this glaucoma. And Dr. Shido is still following me because he's awesome. So I was taking these pressure drops for the glaucoma to keep it down because my pressure was so high and it was painful. Like, I don't know if you guys know anybody with glaucoma, but I had headaches to the point where I was like, I didn't want to do a thing. Mm -hmm. So I dealt with that for a bit. And then it was, it's really weird because I remember it like it happened yesterday. So I came in here for a massage at the student clinic and I was so excited to have this massage because I was off on Saturday and I was like, this is going to start my weekend so perfect. And I have mm-hmm. this massage, it's going to be fantastic. My kids were with their dad for the weekend. I'm like, oh, mommy time, this is great. Mm-hmm. Came and had my massage, went home. I had, I chilled for a bit, maybe had a glass of wine probably. Um, and then before bed, I had a wicked headache. I was like, where did this headache come from? It's terrible. Thought nothing of it, popped some Advil, went to bed. I woke up in the morning and I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. 
it felt like I was so hungover. And then I felt this water kind of rushing out of my eye. Whoa. And I kind of touched my eye to the pillow because I was like, am I imagining this? Like, but then when I did that, my pillow was soaked full of water. Oh, my God. So I got up. And my eye, I don't know if there's pictures on my Instagram, I don't know. But it always looked bad because I always had all these things happening to it. Yeah. Um, so at this point in time, I started to look like it was going lazy because I had so many things happening yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. It was kind of like starting to lose that. It always kind of made me self-conscious because anywhere I would go, people were like, oh, how, what's wrong with your eye? Because it would water under fluorescent light. And mm-hmm. it would, it right. Just like all these things. Um, but anyways... I had this wicked headache, wicked headache. But of course, I'm like, what do I do? Like, I'm going to make myself my protein pancakes, have a coffee, put my hat on and go to the gym because it was my day off and that's my routine. Who are you? I would have been like calling a doctor. So so I put my hat on, go to the gym, pop some Advil. Uh, Took this pre-workout. I don't remember what this pre-workout was, but it was so intense that I forgot about my pain. I think it was called red rum. I think mm. that's what it was called. But anyways, so I'm like, put my hat on, pray that I don't see anybody I know. Cause I looked hideous. Like I looked in the mirror, my eye was like, swollen. It was red. It was gross. So put my hat By on. By this point, were you just not freaked out because so much trauma had right. happened to that right. eye? I don't even think about it anymore. I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is what a glaucoma attack is. Because I always hear people talk about a glaucoma attack. Maybe right. this is a glaucoma attack. I don't know. So I go to the gym, put my hat down low. <laughs> I'm working out. It was back day. I'm going to crush back day. Of course, I see someone I know and he comes up and he's like, oh, you look like shit. I'm like, thanks, man. I feel like shit. <laughs> but it's okay. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so um, anyways, then finish my workout go home. I was messaging my boyfriend and I'm, I'm saying, I have a headache. This is awful. Talking to my mom. My, my mom's like, what are you doing? I'm eating Advil like candy. I feel really shitty. She's like, you should stop taking Advil. Go to the doctor. I'm like, huh? Mom, that's not right now. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing was I didn't want to go to the doctor because I go to a specialist in London and I didn't want right. to go anywhere that nobody knows right, who right. I was. Suffered through the day. It was like my head was in a vice. Suffered through the day. My boys had a hockey game. I don't like to miss my boys' hockey games. Put on my toque, went to the hockey game. Oh my God, with a headache. Sat by myself because I didn't want anyone to see me because at this point it was just getting worse. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was Saturday. Sunday um, was awful. Stayed in my pajamas all day. Monday, okay, I'm going to London. I'm going to London. Um, so I called them. Um, I couldn't see Dr. Shido, so they told me to go to the Emerge. So I did. The IV Institute has their own Emerge. Went there. And this lady was taking my pressure of my eye. She's like, what's your pressure usually? Because she couldn't get a reading. And I was like, oh, it's really high. It's whatever. She's like, no, if your pressure was that high, it would rupture. I'm like, okay, fair enough. She did it Hence again. the it liquid on my pillow? Yeah, yeah. So then this intern doctor sees me and he just looks at me once and he's like oh have you ever considered taking this out and I said well that has always kind of been a possibility but I was thinking like more when I was 70 Mm -hmm. not 37 to confirm he was saying remove your eye take your eye out yeah he says I'm gonna call Dr. Allen who is um, the doctor that does enucleations in London super nice man very blunt and to the point mm-hmm. came to see me he looked at it once he says that eye needs to come out go see my secretary we'll take it out next week and I'm like whoa holy shit I'm like no I need to organize my life like I need to digest the fact that you're t- going to remove my eye yeah so it was a hard time for me but at the same time I felt like it needed to come out because it was just a, just this revolving like always something happening with it mm-hmm. and it's to the point where I was sick of it with this VHL I was always putting it in the back of my mind because I don't want to always have this like, okay, your your eye, your eye, your eye all the time. So mm-hmm. I would never think about it until my phone would alert me that my appointment's tomorrow. Then I'm like, then I would think, ooh, what if I have a new tumor? Ooh, what if this happens? Right. But until then, it was just like, live your life. Don't worry about it. And then whatever happens, happens. So yeah, so it was March two years ago now. No, it'll make two years this March that I had it removed. Hmm. So last March. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was, it was it was tough. Again, my whole routine was disrupted. I couldn't even carry my laundry up the stairs. My, you know, my dad would bring me groceries. My dad would carry mm-hmm. cases of water for me. Just things like that. But yeah, it was a it was a big and now I don't know. It was just a big like a big like eye opener, no mm-hmm. pun, but <laughs> um just to appreciate the things in life, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I had a lot of support from a lot of friends and things to kinda like By the time the eye came out, mm-hmm. did you have any vision left in it or was that? No, totally no, it was gone? already totally okay. gone. So for that that like again 
and not to sound shallow, but like as a bodybuilder or as a woman, you're always trying to look your best, right? And now I'm like, now I'm gonna have one eye, you know, like the, like yeah. this is weird. Like, and then, you know, grounding moment to me too is okay, fine. This prosthetic eye is gonna look hella better than the one that I had in there, anyways, because yeah. it wasn't like it. It wasn't nice. It wasn't functioning. Like I could You were hiding. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even sit in a car that had an air freshener because my eye would water. Like it was mm. it was pretty crazy. I had never heard of this genetic disorder before. Neither have I. Yeah. But I'm stupid. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. So my twin sister has it. So her and it's funny because they tried to do a comparison of environmental, um, mm-hmm. if there's environmental effects. Um, she lives in Hamilton, um, and her pancreas is more infected. Um, I have cysts on my pancreas too, but her cysts uh, are, she has more of them. And her eye, was at one point she had tumors lasered as well, but hers is under control. So I was kind of like the guinea pig for the family, <laughs> which kind of was shitty, but oh well. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I was strong enough to handle it. You know, mm-hmm. so. That's crazy. So you got the prosthetic um, shortly after the surgery? So I had to, I went six weeks wearing a patch. At first I was like, I hated every moment of it. Thinking back now, I was like, oh, I'd love to have my eye out again, just to sit and chill in front of the TV. But <laughs> at the time, it was awful, you know, trying to get drops in there. Yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was crazy. And I couldn't go anywhere without a patch. And then it was weird because... I just want to go pump gas. I just want to go pump gas and I don't want anyone to talk to me. And, and everyone felt like they had to talk to me. Like, look at this poor little girl with this patch on her eye. Like, I need to know why. Or mm-hmm. it's honestly funny how many people have stories about their dad's a farmer and he lost an eye or, you know, their grandma did this and she lost an eye. And everyone feels the need to tell you these stories. Yeah. Like, like I don't want to know everybody's story. Yeah, is it I'm like good. to make like, you <laughs> feel like you're not alone? Yeah, you're not the only yeah. one, you know? But uh, so yeah, I went six weeks without and then I went to meet these lovely gentlemen that work. They're called Brett Ocularists, and they work in Cambridge, but their main office is in London. They're a father-son team. So I went to see them, and I was so excited. They took my piece out, which is another funny side story. I thought that I didn't have anything in there. So the whole procedure is they put like a sphere to hold your orbit open and they attach the muscles to it. And then the prosthetic is actually a piece that clips over top. So you just thought there was like a hole in your face? No, you no, didn't I, think just there was thought, anything there? I just thought the ball was in there. Oh. I didn't know they put a shield over it. Got it. Okay? Okay. So there's this clear shield over top. Sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you <laughs> thought there was nothing there. <laughs> so I'm like, like I'm the type of, like I love gross things. So I love like Dr. Pimple Popper and things like that. So I had- you guys would get along yeah so i had like pus coming out of my eye so i went to go clean it out and but i pushed a little hard so then this conformer started coming out at me and i thought it was like my eye coming out at me so i started freaking out and i'm like pushing it in it was crazy (laughs) but anyways i go see these gentlemen and it's a really cool procedure i don't know if you guys have ever looked into it but not that everyone wants to look about eye enucleations but they pour this mold into your eye to mold around the sphere and then they use acrylic and make the piece. Mm-hmm. And it's all hand-painted. Like, this is a hand-painted eye, which so is cool. really cool. But anyways, I went there, met with them. I had a hole in the back of my eye that wasn't healing. So I had to go back and see Dr. Allen for a second surgery. Oh, my goodness. So these gentlemen were so sweet that they knew how excited I was for my eye, that they made me one that was the size of my conformer just for me to wear until I had my surgery mm. so that I could Aww. take my patch off. I, I didn't hug them, but I wanted to. It was like the sweetest thing. So they said, when you're done with Dr. Allen, come back and see us and we'll make you one to fit. Because the one they made me was skinnier so that it didn't rub. So this one kind of filled the space. Mm-hmm. I love those guys. Oh, was, that's so nice. It's awesome. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you look like you were going to say something, but you got nothing to say. She has <laughs> rendered you speechless, <laughs> sir. I got, I got absolutely nothing, man. It's crazy. That's insane. I think I just would have drank a lot, smoked a lot of drugs and been depressed. I'm not going to lie. Uh, no, I think not. I mean, it's... I think so. Well, everybody... <laughs> Everybody has shit that they go through, right? Yeah. And I, I do believe that there are some I people just don't who go have shit well. better. Well, I'm getting there. There's some people who have better coping skills than others, for sure. And I think your mentality, like I said from the very beginning, I knew nothing about you, mm-hmm. but I said there's just something about your mindset, the way you respond to things, the way that you view things, that is very unique. Like yeah. you're like, like you said. I'm just going to go about my life, not think about this until I have to think about yeah. this. Versus, I'm going to dwell on this one shitty thing 
instead of everything else that I have going on. Like yeah. that's a, that is within your control, yeah, right? You can sure. decide to do it or not. And I know it's not as simple as that. You know, there's a lot of other things that go on. I'm not discounting mental health at all. Yeah. But I think once you are faced with something like that, that's why I don't think you would just sit and drink and smoke and be depressed. Then you have to decide what your life is going to look like. And I don't think that you would just not do it. You know, people say that, you know, when you hear someone say like, well, how do you do it? Yeah. And the answer is, I just do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you have to just do something, yeah. You had kids. It's not like you could just go and sit in your dark room and yep. cry by yourself. No, yep. you have to keep living and yep. doing what you have to do. And you're doing all these great things. And now you have two eyes. Yep. yep. And that's it. Yep. And a lot of people can't tell. Like, I know it doesn't move the same, but again, Sorry, my... I'm stare at your eyes. You really, you <laughs> you really have to stare at you. I'm, I'm going to be yeah. honest, because like, we're sitting right across from each other as you're talking. It's very infrequent. But if you like look over at Mark, sure, then I can tell. Yeah. Because yeah, your eye doesn't move doesn't, with the other one. Yeah. But just staring face on, no, you can't tell yeah. at all. They're exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It yeah. is pretty cool. Right on. I just want to know a couple more things before we uh, let you get about your day. Identical twin sister, right? Yeah. Is there this weird kind of thing that happens with identical twins? And do your children have it if that's the case? I think for my sister and I, we do. My boys, I'm, I'm not sure that they have that mm. same connection, but I think they'll get there. My sister and I are hilarious together. We would probably annoy the shit out of you guys, but we will we'll just... We just laugh and we're just jokes. It's just, I love seeing her. I love, I hate that she's so far. Where is she? She's in Hamilton. Hamilton. Okay, right. You did yeah, say that. I just wish like that we were like cross door neighbors or something like, because <laughs> uh, we get along. Oh, that's good. Growing up, we probably didn't, but don't tell my boys that because I always tell them like, you see how we call her Tia Dai. You always see how Tia Dai and I are, don't you guys want that relationship too? Like, because mm -hmm. we get together every Sunday. Where every Sunday we go see my parents, all the kids get together, we have a family meal, probably drink too much has wine. kids as well. Yeah, she has three. Oh, awesome. Mm. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. So is it like, uh, I used to watch G.I. Joe when I was a little kid, and there is these two twins that are villains, Tomas and Zaymot, you know, Tomas and backwards, his name sound. they're like mirror images of each other. And they feel shit, you know what I mean? Like yeah, one yeah. twin feels something, the other one, any any weird shit like that ever no. happen? No, no, I don't think so. I think more like emotionally and things like that were connected. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I feel, and I don't know if it's just me being weird, like I feel feel weird and then I call her and then usually something's wrong See, I, th I think so there is I yeah think, there is something and I don't know if it's just like just her and I because we are connected so well like that like yeah. emotionally we call each other to yeah. vent a lot that's so. crazy. I really believe that though like do you ever have those instances where you're thinking about somebody that you haven't seen in six months and that same day you were thinking about them they call you Absolutely. like that I happens that to me all, all the time, time. yeah, yeah. That all the time there's just something like if you're connected energetically are you listening people who think that I'm crazy <laughs> <laughs> I think it's true. It, sure. it is true, like for sure. Because even clients, like I'll have a client that I'm like, oh, I was supposed to see so and so a couple weeks ago, and she had to cancel. I wonder what happened. And then like ten seconds later, I'll get a text yep. like, hey, sorry, never called you back. I'm like, well, all I had it's, to do was think yeah, about you. It happens all the time. Yeah, for sure. So I can imagine with twins, it must be yeah, intense. It must be amplified. Yeah, so cool. Very cool. Right on. Is there anything else you guys want to wrap up? This is I interesting. Don't know. I hell, mean, she's. Man. I was gonna say she's very interesting, but she also has a tea time yeah. soon, so yeah. we can't. <laughs> we can't keep I mean, her. Feel free to come back and talk to me whenever you want. That's cool. Right on. Well, thanks for hanging with us today. Yeah, this is cool. Thank you. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists in a Microphone. Peace. <laughs>